Welcome to This Crip Life, a place where you can meet disabled people and learn about the things that affect them. This is an Asheville FM podcast produced by DIY Able. This is Priya, and I'm here with Vicki to talk about accommodations again. And this is part two, because Vicki is actually started law school at the University of Cincinnati, the University of Law, and she's been having problems with her accommodations in real time. So we wanted to talk about that a little. So hi, Vicki. Uh <laughs> <laughs> hey Vicky. <laughs> In the last interview I did that, I was like, hi Vicky, and you waved and you're like Ugh. and then I was like, she waved hi. <laughs> so anyway, but I'm gonna leave in my hi Vicky in there and then edit whatever comes in. So anyway, was, and Vicky said hi by waving. So hi Vicky. Um please talk to us, like tell us what's been going on with you in the last couple of months of school. Well, starters dying inside because I'm in law school, so there's that. Um every it's just a thing you die inside when you go to law school. Um so <laughs> we you start applying for accommodations like over the summer, right? That it opens, you can start applying, I think as early as like June, if you're an admitted student, got admitted, accepted my admission in like July. And the first thing I did upon like, you know, accepting admission was email the disabilities counselor. And I was like, hey, I'm coming on campus like August 17th. I need accommodations for orientation. And for this semester. So how do we go about doing this? And I sent a few follow-ups during July. I, mind you, I had also emailed him once I had become an admitted student in June. Mm-hmm. And I had also emailed him in May as a prospective student. Like I have sent this mm-hmm. man so many emails before setting foot on campus because I was like, I want to talk about accessibility on campus before I even get here. I want to know, like, do you guys suck? I want to get to know you before I even come here. Because if you suck as a person, I don't want to go to law school where, like, I have a, you know, trashy accommodations resource person. Like, but apparently ghosting your disabled students for months on end is the solution to that problem. So as one of the, like, trying you know, understanding the accessibility on campus, the ableism on campus or any anti-ableism like efforts on campus was something that was like really important in making a law school decision. Um, And that wasn't an option. I kind of just had to like go to law school and I was like, well, this is going to be fun. Yay. Here's the hoping for the best. Um, And then like it gets to August and I still have not heard anything from this guy. So I sent him another email and I'm like, yo, orientation is in seven days uh, and I need accommodations for it. Nothing. 
all of like a few days before. And he's like, sorry, uh, we had a death. Like, that's why I've been like, and I was like, you've had a death for four months. What in the hell? Like that, I was like, okay, whatever. So we get like, um, orientation accommodation set up. We did like the accommodation screening and whatnot. And then they didn't tell me anything after that. So I go to orientation, mind you, like I can't do mornings right now. My arthritis is really bad in the mornings. Can't do it. Orientation starts at like 9 a.m. That's not going to work for me at all. Neither is the fact that I have a class at 9 a.m. starting the week after orientation. And I was like, well, guess I'm not going to that until I hear from, you know, disabilities counselor on if that class has Mm -hmm. been moved or not. You know, I guess I'm just not showing up to that one. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So I think it's like Friday before the Friday before orientation. Orientation starts Monday. I get an email saying that, like, I'll be doing orientation virtually for the 9 a.m. to 1045 session and then I'll show up at like 11 for the 11 session and then go to lunch blah 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 well it turns out that's actually not what I was supposed to do whatsoever they're like just show up at 11 o'clock but they didn't really tell me like where what to do they just said like show up and I was like interesting so I just walked in and I was like hi I'm doing the accessible version of Orion you're supposed to have gotten an email from them and they're like yeah we didn't get one of those and I was like well awkward so I had to explain why I wasn't at the morning session and I was like I'm disabled does that count as an excuse because like that's literally why I'm not here I can't do a 9 a.m I can't do anything at 9 a.m at all and they were just like Oh, well, can you go down these stairs and just go tell that to another person and then come back up the stairs? And I was like, no, I really can't right now. Like, this is not a good idea. And eventually they're just like, yeah, well, sit wherever you want then. And I was like, okay. It turns out we had a signed seating. And I was not sitting in my assigned seat at all, all week. So I got marked absent for like the entire thing. And I'm like, I get an email from the dean saying that I skipped orientation like altogether. And I was like, nope, was definitely unfortunately present for that bullshit. Um, But they also didn't bother to like do the closed captioning thing at all during orientation. So I'm just sitting there, mind you, I lip read when, like, when I can, I'm not the best at it, but like, I'm learning. <sighs> We're in a pandemic. So there's masks, right? You can't lip read in masks. I was promised that all faculty and staff would be required to wear the like clear masks. Yeah, that didn't happen because apparently it was expensive to do um we have money to spare like we we literally do also those masks are not that expensive for faculty to purchase their own just saying they're like three dollars for one um which i'm sorry you're a law faculty member you have three dollars you have at least six dollars in your bank account okay you can afford to buy at least one of those fucking masks for yourself. Sorry. <laughs> like y'all knew anyway. So yeah, that was like a promise that for accessibility purposes that never happened. 
And in law school, we do cold calling, right? So instead of like raising your hand, your professor will just say a name and then you just have to answer. It's horrifying. Or so I'm told, I don't really know. I don't participate in that shit. Um, not kidding. About that. I have one professor who cold calls me and I've told her, I'm like, there's going to be a really awkward delay because you're going to say my name and I'm probably not going to have any idea what's going on until my captioner like puts my name in, like, unless I'm having a good day and my brain's right, not right. foggy, you know? And so during orientation, we were doing practice cold calling. Right. And they have like microphones kind of, but not really like some mm-hmm. of the people hosting orientation did some of them didn't. So I guess they cold called me during orientation while I was there. And at this point, like, you know, we don't really know too many of our classmates. We have like a a name card in front of us. And all of a sudden, like a bunch of people just like start staring at me and they're like, they just called you. And I was like, I I think I'm here. I don't really know what's going on. I don't know what the question is. And he asked the question and I was like, don't really know what you're asking me because he wasn't using the microphone anymore. Like he just like dead stopped using the microphone. And I was like, like, mind you, I had emailed people at orientation that I have an auditory processing disorder and that I need closed captioning. And they were like, so sorry, can't help you. And this girl who was working orientation apparently saw the horror on my face. And she like walks up with like the packet of questions and just like hands it to me and points. She's like, that's your question. I was like, thank you. And the kid like asking the question was like, trying to prompt me for an answer and she goes let her read the damn question into the mic and i was like i like you um (laughs) it was so awkward and really fucking embarrassing because i was just like well this is a great way to start law school i'm gonna die if this is how y'all are doing accessibility and inclusivity and equity i was like this is bullshit already and so like I also complained about that. Right. And they basically just told me I had to get over it. No apology like issued for not having closed captioning set up, not telling anybody who was working the event that A, I wasn't going to be there for half this stuff and B, that I have like hearing issues. You can't just like cold call me in a room full of 200 people and be like, oh, what's the answer? Because I don't know what you're saying. <laughs> like, that's right, just right. not going to work. Um, that was like never communicated with anybody at orientation. So that was really awkward. Um, and they're like, well, we weren't like, we didn't know we were supposed to tell anyone. I was like, but wouldn't the disability <laughs> coordinator know that's what isn't that what they're yeah. that's why they exist mm-hmm. to begin with? Yeah, like, he was supposed to like pass that information on. Um, right. They didn't have like captioning set up at all for that. And then like you're supposed to take notes at some point, I guess, during orientation on something. I don't really know what you're supposed to take notes on, because, again, I was not didn't have really great, have great access to the information. So like got my shopping done. I ordered some books, kept up on my bookstagram, did everything that was <laughs> not paying attention. Um, and so then 
My favorite. I went two weeks without closed captioning in classes because they just didn't have it set up. And I was like, hmm, interesting. You don't have a service that you are legally required to have set up. And it's not like they didn't have like a well, like a large amount of notice for this right, stuff, right. right? Like they, they had time to get I this I mean, you stuff. were like reaching them before you even got in in May. So it's like, yeah. And I was going to say when you were talking about that, it's like, yeah, because when you're disabled, you're used to things like this happening. So disabled people are planners. They're like, I mean, I have to say I'm sometimes not a planner. Like I'll just like go to a place without calling and checking the accessibility. And then I'm like, oh my God, what the hell is going on here? And so I, I'm like, God, I should have called before I didn't. But, you know, that's, that's, but if I was going to school and stuff, I would definitely be calling ahead of time. Yeah. So and they they told us yeah. they were serving us food one day. Right. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> I emailed about the food. I was like, yo, I have severe food allergies and I'm not supposed to be eating gluten as for my doctor. I don't always listen to that, but like whatever I do now. Um, and they were just like, yeah, we can't serve you food. And I was like, you can't even give me a salad. And they're like, no, we don't, we don't have that option. I was like, how do you not have the option to just hand me a bowl of lettuce? Like you can't, you can't tell me you don't have like fruit laying around somewhere yeah, like in your apple. kitchen. <laughs> yeah. They were, they were getting like takeout boxes from the dining hall. Right. Right. And I was like, I know I have weird allergies that do prevent a lot of foods from being eaten, but like, you can't tell me a kitchen does not have a fruit or a vegetable that is not a tomato. Cause I can't have tomatoes. You can't tell me a kitchen does not have like an apple, a banana. Like I would have been really pissed if you just handed me a banana, but like it's still food. So I'd have been like, well, at least you tried. But yeah, yeah, yeah. they just straight up told me they couldn't feed me. And I was like, interesting. That seems like you guys can't think. All right, cool. So like it comes, I was like, so can I bring my own lunch? And they're like, well, I mean, you can, but like, it's going to be really weird if you just like bring your own food. Cause you're going to have to store it in like the share in like the kitchen area. And like, you're not really going to have time to like go to the kitchen and like drop your stuff off before you have to be here. Unless you want to get here like really early. I was like, I don't have to be here until 11. What the hell? I can literally just walk in the door at 1050, drop it in the kitchen and come into the hall and sit for an hour. Like, and they're just like, well, it'd be like really weird. And like, you don't really have time for that. And I was like, okay, whatever. So then we get there and they're like, oh yeah, everyone's free to like go get lunch wherever. And I was like, hold on, you're not doing box lunches anymore. They're like, no, it just got too tricky to get like students boxed lunches because we have a peanut allergy. And I was like, you have a peanut allergy and that prevented you from, I don't know, ordering Subway or Jimmy John's or anything 
along this road yeah. asking your kitchen to just make like sandwiches Stuff without peanuts in it. <laughs> yeah like anything and they're like yeah it's just like too too much work for our kitchen and I was like well thanks for wasting my time at the end of last week with me like the fuck am I supposed to eat at this like lunch that you're making us all go to um super awkward and on the same thread like they wanted us to go to this alumni event Mm -hmm. cool it's over dinner so and I was like I emailed the lady who was in charge of it in plenty of time and like I asked her about it I told her what my allergies were and she was like oh well we'll see if we can put you somewhere that like you know you can get fed and I was like or just let me bring my own fucking food it's not that hard and she's like well that would be rude and I was like I don't care if I bring my own food to a restaurant, I don't care. They can sue me, whatever, like <laughs> fight me. And so then when it came time around for the registration to happen, like all of 24 hours later, I just want to preface the, hi, this is who I am. And these are my allergies and the registration email or 24 hours apart. So I get placed at a restaurant that is not Vicky friendly at all. <laughs> Stairs to the entrance and all food cooked in my allergies. And I was like, how did this happen? So I emailed the lady and I was like, uh, like just to reiterate, I have severe allergies. Like I can't go to this place. <laughs> like, right, right, right. And she starts throwing a fit about how I should have emailed her earlier to disclose my allergies. And I was like, hi, I'm reforwarding you my fucking email I sent you 24 hours ago where you said you would put me at a office where I can bring my own food. And she started throwing a fit. And I was like, I forwarded these emails to the disability coordinator and I filed a complaint. You can take it up with them. I'm done. And she continued to throw a fit and then moved my like alumni dinner to a different night, but didn't tell me it was a different night. She just said, here's your new address. And I was supposed to go to the dinner on Monday. Mm -hmm. She didn't tell me that the new dinner I was supposed to attend was Wednesday. So I show up at this dude's office Monday night with my own little baggie of food and awkwardly had to explain to him why it was 48 hours early. And <laughs> I told him what happened and he was like, I'm so sorry. <laughs> go, just go home. I was like, wow, this is such a great start to law school. I'm feeling so included as like, yeah, and so I think I, we talked about this in the part one. It's like the first impression thing. It's like you want to be able to give the first impression. So this woman, I don't know, I'm being, I'm kind of being, uh, I don't know, I don't want to use the B word, but I'm, I'm being uh, 
facetious. Uh, maybe I'm being facetious and thinking that that woman did that on purpose because you got into a fight with her and you reported it. I, so she no, was no, no. Like, I did that after she was oh. like, okay. she gave me, she moved, like she moved my stuff and because she was after she moved everything. So it wasn't a she, passive aggressive no, type thing. I think it was, but it wasn't directly related to the complaint because I reported right, right. her after. Right, um, right. I'm 100% sure it was still a passive aggressive thing of like right, right. this law student is making such a big deal who the hell can't have oil and MSG. That's not a real allergy anyway. Like, oh, she can't eat gluten. What a basic white girl. Like, she's just pretending she can't have gluten. Like, okay. Um, that's what I heard in my mind as I was reading right, her right. emails. No, I'm like, I don't believe your allergies because these are weird. Like, okay, Karen. Um, I mean, yeah, I have to tell you, like, I had a friend who had, like, a lot of allergies. And, you know, I still at this point am thinking, was it psychologically connected or was it actually something that was going on in her body? Because now I don't think she has these food issues. But, yeah, when we were there and then my friends were, like, really mean about it. I was just like, whatever, this is what she get sick eating that we should just listen to her but they all are like no she's lying and they would like sneak in dairy and stuff to the food oh my they, god they told me about that later and i was like i don't think that's really cool like you don't really that, know so that terrifies me about other people cooking and prepping food i'm like yeah, yeah. but if someone's like oh no she's just making up her allergies let me douse this in olive oil and then just like not tell well, yeah, I think they put like a little bit of dairy so it wasn't detectable just to see. But I think she yeah. got sick. I feel like she did get sick, but I don't really know. I, I didn't pay attention. I was just like in my own world doing my own thing. And then they just like admitted this like years, like years and years later, like after we were all like in our 40s or something. And I was like kind of thinking, that's kind of mean. I can't believe y'all did that. But I actually didn't yeah. say anything because it was like in the past and I didn't feel like it was necessary to really like talk about it but yeah so back to you but yeah so um yeah so it's just like people just have this disbelief with like diet like if it's not the standard diet that most people can eat that other people that are claiming that they get sick from whatever the diet is are lying or whatever and or and you know even if it is like some sort of psychological thing who the heck cares like it's just like if they say they can't eat it they can't eat it and that's just the way it is and right and you know and there are a lot of people disabled people that can eat certain things because of the medications they take because of what's yep. going on in their body so yeah so you know so yeah it's just like even now with the this trend of veganism and vegetarian you know a vegetarian isn't really but the veganism seems to be more of a trend and diet yeah. but a lot of people have to be vegan because they're disabled too so you know so it's just yeah. like the but diet I noticed trait. it's it's the non-disabled vegans who throw a fit about oppression and discrimination when it comes to diet and i'm like 
Well, that's, that's because they haven't, they haven't been oppressed. So they haven't been oppressed, so they don't know what it's like. So they chose yeah. a diet. That they they chose to be vegan to be oppressed. They chose to be oppressed, vegan, and they're getting oppressed. And they're like, what? How dare I become oppressed because I choose this diet? And it's like, Oppressed. Well, yes, oppressed in quotes, yes. Oppressed. In giant quotes. In the big giant quotes. Yes. Yeah, so, um, so, yeah, that is kind of a thing that I noticed goes on. And um, yeah, it's it sucks. So you know. So, but anyway, go go ahead and go ahead with what I don't know if you remember what you were talking about because I do. <laughs> That's why I don't um, want to interrupt you because I'm afraid I'm going to forget. And I'm like, nah, you're good, you're good. Um, yeah. So that got us through orientation with that like food issue i was like guess i'm not going to any alumni events after this embarrassment right, um right. so we <laughs> all right so two ridiculous first week things so we have our little like student ids that get us into the building right you like mm-hmm. have to push this against the building like scanner thingy and it like lets you in right cool so I'm not supposed to be doing stairs at this point. I'm actually still not supposed to be doing stairs, but I have given up on that uh, because there's stairs to my apartment. So I really don't have a choice but to do them. So I'm supposed to limit my stair, my like stairs. Um, So there's one accessible door to our law school building. And it's Mm -hmm. the one with that swipey, swipey door, right? Mm -hmm. So that breaks the mm-hmm. first week of classes people's cards aren't working um the door isn't letting people in and the administration's like guys just use the other entrances and i literally put we have a group chat for like the for every like class so like for the mm-hmm. class of 2024 class of 23 they all ha- we all have a group chat with some of the admins mm-hmm. from the law school and they put in that they're like just use these other two entrances they're always open 9 a.m to 5 p.m um just walk in and i was like i'm not allowed to do stairs how do i just walk into a stared entrance <laughs> and uh nobody responded to me and i was like well, this is awkward. How do I get in the building? <laughs> like I, I know that's weird that the nobody stairs. would be like, oh, here, do this or whatever, you know. Yeah, find there a was no, and I get it. I got a private message from one of the admins and she goes, oh, just like wait outside the sliding door. Someone will come like someone's going to be leaving the building the same time you're trying to come in. So just like, you know, make stand sure you, by the door. yeah, just like stand by the door. And I was like, yeah, that makes fucking sense. Sure. Whatever. Um, that seems accessible. I got to like wait for someone else to come out or someone else with a functional card to like come in. Okay. Whatever. So this goes on for some time because mm-hmm. apparently fixing this door is not a priority, right? Right. So eventually there comes a day where I'm trying to get in the building. And mind you, this method is approved by the accessibility director for me to just wait use by the door. the door and wait for it. That was their best solution. And I was like, I think fixing the door is the best solution. <laughs> but okay, sure. Right. Um, so there comes a time like nobody's coming out of the building nobody's coming into the building and then my class starts mm. and i'm standing outside for like 10 15 minutes waiting 
can't text anyone because they're in class. The only people that I know are in this class. So I'm like awkwardly standing out there. And thankfully, some administrator walked out of the building. And I was like, thank God. And she looks at me and goes, can you not get in this door? I was like, nope. She goes, oh, well, there's two other doors. And I just looked at her and deadpan down to my knee brace and deadpan back up to her. I was like, are you going to suggest the stairs? Because I have a bear. And she looked and she goes, never mind. Oh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> Let's not have this discussion. I'm late for my class. I just like, I hate the class anyway, but like, right. I don't want to be late, you know? Right, right. Yeah. Um, so that was really awkward. So while I was in that class, um, I decided I would, um, oh, shoot. One of my friends who goes to law school just tested positive for COVID. Awkward. Um, <laughs> fun. Um, anyway, so <laughs> we, uh, I wrote a fun email to like the lady in charge of the door. Because mm-hmm. apparently that's a position. She's like badges and security, I guess. Right, so right. I wrote her an email and I CC'd the um, accessibility coordinator on this. And I was like, so I just want to report an ADA violation, like Title II and Title III. Uh, this is what's going on. This is illegal activity. And I'm CSEing the accessibility inspector. So he's aware of this complaint and can issue like a better warning than I can. And I was like, this is ableism. This is a trash way to tell your disabled students like you don't want them on campus. I thought we stood for equity and inclusion. And this is neither of those two things. So let's get this fixed so that your disabled students like can get in the building. I understand like this store is used by everyone, but you have disabled students on campus who this is the only door they can right, use right. in the building. So yeah. this should be a priority to, you know, yeah, not definitely. discriminate against your disabled students. And she responds like 10 minutes later, this is in a slate against you. Public, public safety has been so busy in this semester that they just haven't had time to fix the door. And me being me and lacking self-control, I responded to that email with, uh, can you show me in the Americans with Disabilities Act where that's a valid excuse for violating it? Because I think I missed that when I read it like a few weeks ago. Um, yeah, needless to say, the door has been fixed for the most right, right. Um, <laughs> um, the disabilities counselor just kind of like, resp- and he like responded to it and he was like, this should be your priority to get this fixed. If you have any questions, concerns, you need help either getting the door fixed or understanding why this situation is important. You can contact me. Um, yeah, the door has, like I said, the door has been fixed. There's still some badges that like don't work because your card. So like, you know how swipe cards just kind of like stop working. Like, you know, your hotel swipe will just stop working. Like stuff like that happens. But, um, other than that, like there's, there's really no like issues with the door. And I was Mm -hmm. just like, huh, ironic that in 
that public safety just like couldn't fix a door before students got on campus. But a student who's bored out of her mind in class and really, really livid can get the door fixed faster than y'all who get paid to get this door fixed. Interesting turn of events. And so the other thing that started the semester off great was the internet went out for the first like week and a half of school. You want to know what, um, how we get captions in class via the internet. So didn't have that in addition to like the fact that we didn't like we didn't have captioning set up anyway because they were they were like taking a really long time to get it done to begin with which like I get the center had like staffing issues and whatnot but at the same time like you know you're gonna need transcribers so I don't know maybe hire more before the semester starts or I don't know start taking start doing disability intake meetings earlier than like three days before orientation. So if you need to hire more transcribers, you can do it before the semester starts, right? Logic. Right, right. Not a, not a thing. So uh, me and my auto transcriber for through Google took on the first like two weeks of law school. I have no clue what went on the first two weeks of law school. To be perfectly honest, I have like textbook notes, but my lecture notes, um, there's a helicopter in them that I drew. So clearly tell I was really learning the first like two weeks of law school. <laughs> like it was it was such like a shit welcome to law school of like, hi, just a subtle reminder, you don't belong here because you're disabled. And I was like wow, you guys really like to celebrate yourself for like diversity, equity, and inclusion. And I'm not seeing any of that bullshit. (laughs) We, yeah, I filed a few complaints directly against my professors too, because I have one who repeatedly has technical difficulties in all quotes, because I don't know how you have all around that work. I don't know how you have this many technical difficulties. You go on Zoom, you hit start meeting, like start recurring meeting. Right, right. And then when you hear the little ding, you let the transcriber in, you hit accept, and right. that's all you do. And then at the end, you hit leave meeting. Like, I, I don't know what technical difficulties you have with that. But one of my professors has a plethora of technical difficulties. So I filed a complaint against her. And then the transcription service emailed me to say they filed a complaint against her. And I was like... Oh, fun. I was going to start doing that in my next class. But hey, you guys already started that process. They're like, yeah, we also like message the dean. Like all of these people are going to get involved because they're like, we're over this. And I was like, cool. Maybe things will be different now. And yeah, Yeah, my professor does not like me. 
I can tell you that right now. Oh, yeah, you know, that's like, it's she doesn't like you because you're making her do something she doesn't want to do. And now oh. other people are like talking to her. And she, I mean, you know, people like that are, you know, my dad was a professor. And, you know, of course, if something like this was a pro, he would have done what he had to do, but, and he wouldn't have complained about it because obviously my mom is disabled. So my father yeah. has empathy towards things like that. So, um, but yeah, it's like when you've been a professor for a long time, you don't even have to think about what your lectures are. It's just there automatically takes you like 20 minutes to write it out and go and do it. So now you're piling in extra work for things. It's, it's not even extra work. Well, she has to work, but you know like, what I mean. Yeah. yeah. Like she has to go on zoom anyway to record classes right, right. because that's our COVID policy is we have to record classes now. So students yeah, yeah. can watch. Right, like, right. There's no extra except hitting the accept button. button. Right, like, right. So hard. Um, so I know, and it's such an yeah. easy thing to. It's not like my dad was really spacey too. So if he had to do Zoom and stuff, he would be like, "What? Yeah." But he would figure it out. He'd be like, "Oh, I hit accept. Okay, like, all right, I'll do that." And like so, our you know. transcription service, like, sent a message out to all the professors, and like not just the my professors, but like all professors in general of right, like, you right. guys need to slow down when you speak we can't type as quickly as, as you want to go blah, 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 blah. Right. and this professor literally complained about that in my class while she was being recorded and I was like are you kidding me you're gonna <laughs> record yourself not just auditorily recording yourself you're going to transcribe that. Have the transcriber transcribe that. They can see that. They can hear that. You really think they're not going to file a complaint? I mean, they did. Um, right, because right, you right. probably shouldn't be bitching about accessibility. And whatever, that's also abusing the transcribers. That's their job. Like, they're like, I'm just trying to do my job here, buddy. It's like, it, come on. Yeah. And if you're like, I get some people are like naturally quick speakers. But if you know you're being like recorded for transcription purposes, is you should slow the fuck down like just a little bit in your speech it's not that difficult it's not annoying and she like makes such a fuss about it and I'm really waiting for the right moment to just be like so you're the head of like the racial equality group would you be like would you be comfortable if someone was making these complaints about like a black student in your class that like you have to you know not be racist in class like would you yeah no it's it's like, a point it's i was a like if point, someone yeah. literally told you and she's um like she literally testified against the um anti-cr the anti-critical race theory bill in ohio like she canceled the class to go testify against that and i'm mm. like so you're all for inclusive education of students of color but you're gonna openly complain about your one disabled student while she's in the room i was like what the hell is this nonsense yeah no that and that's a valid point and i i always like say what you know disability rights has just not moved as forward as much as rights for race 
wow. LGBTQ and women. And, and, you know, I believe all those people should have their rights as well, but disabled people should also have their rights. And I, I, I'm kind of like, I think about this, like what, how we've ingrained this into our mindset of like how disabled people cannot do things and we don't have to do things for them. And maybe we get angry when we have to do things. And another thing, well, you should do this after you take your final exam, go confront her. But I would also say, I'm leaving her. I'm literally... What? Sorry, I'm, go ahead. I'm just saying there's people of color that are also disabled. So it's not like, oh. so are you going to accommodate a person of color that needs you to speak slower? Like what the heck is going on there? That's weird. Sorry. I'm waiting for professoral reviews to come in because if several complaints have not solved the problem. I'll just put it again on the professor complaint, professor review at the end of the year, like great professor, like academically wise, like what, you know, once I have captioning, like, yeah, her class is really good, but like, she's a horrible person. Um, and she a hundred percent needs to learn how to be accessible. Like there's no excuse for open discrimination in her classroom. She's had numerous complaints against her from myself. And the transcription services, the dean of students has gotten involved. The disability rights coordinator has gotten involved. I don't know who these other two people are that got involved, but right. they're also big wigs in the admin. Like, and we weren't, we're not even halfway through the semester. No. And like, this is happening. We're a way through the semester. No. <laughs> <laughs> we're we're at the beginning of the semester, basically. Like, and this was this was all happening like the first six weeks of law school. And I was just like, what the hell? And none of my other professors have been like this at all. One of them, like he came up to me and apologized because when we were getting set up for class, he would always mm-hmm. ask, like, you know, hey, is everything set up for you? Like very loudly and vocally and I'd be like, yeah, we're good to go. Well, everyone <laughs> in the room knows I'm using closed captioning. He knows that's for me, but hey, yay. And like, <laughs> I, it was, I think like the end of September, he came, we're, I'm in the same room for two back-to-back classes and there's like a 30 minute break. And he came up to me and was like, really? Like, just like started apologizing for like calling me out. He's like, that was not right of me to do so like whatsoever. And I was like, I mean, I get it. Like, was I embarrassed a little bit, but was I also glad that you were taking the time to like check to make sure everything was set up? He was like, what if we just like make a secret signal that like we can have instead? (laughs) And so now like every class, like when I come in and like sit down, if, you know, if we're not, he's not lecturing. Even if he is lecturing, he'll like do the weird hand signal. That's it means like, are your captions up? Right. And, right. Like I either do a thumbs up or thumbs down. And if it's thumbs down, he will stop lecturing like wherever we're at and try and go fix it. And if that means he has to go call somebody to like come in and fix whatever broke, if like Zoom is acting weird or like the computer decided to just restart in the middle of his lecture, because that has happened. Mm-hmm. Like, he'll just go do that and like there will be students who are like why are we stopping 
And I'm like, cause some of us can't hear you dumb fucks. And yeah, we yeah. had like my two, um, one of my other professors, like she hadn't heard because I emailed all my professors, like before I, mm-hmm. I went in their class and I was like, hi, I'm the disabled kid in your class. Super awkward, but hi, that's me. Like, right. these are my accommodations. Um, just wanted to make you aware of it. You should be getting like a formal email from the disability right, right. rights person on campus. And they're like, yeah, we haven't heard anything. Well, one of my professors was like, yeah, I emailed him demanding your accommodation letter because I need to know like what my what I need to be doing in my classroom for you. And like she goes like above and beyond everything. I love her. And right. like I don't understand why it's not that simple for like all of my other professors. I have two who are well, technically three, who are like really good at it. It's it's like natural for them. And I'm like why isn't it this easy for the rest of you fuckers? I know, and that's like the the issue because the standard is like the woman that complained to have to speak slower and acting like that is really the more common uh, treatment for disabled people. So then when you actually have people that are actually including you actually thinking about you actually making sure you're part of everything you feel so grateful you're like oh my god thank god goodness you're like this and you know that it, you shouldn't have to feel grateful because someone's basically um including you when you're paying a lot of tuition to go to a school to get an education to be something so you can have a future <laughs> it's like yeah. you shouldn't have to be grateful for someone that's including you in some especially in educational situations i shouldn't have to be excited about the bare minimum no you like, shouldn't i shouldn't have to be excited that like there's ada compliance in some of my classrooms well right, half right. ada compliance because there's no physical ada compliance in this building we right, have an right. elevator that i don't mm-hmm. think a wheelchair user could actually use like it is the doorway to get into the elevator is so narrow and i'm like even if you could roll in, you can't turn your wheelchair then to like go to the buttons and then right, turn right. back around to like go. I'm like, this is not a sensible. <laughs> this, this elevator is so run down and broken too. Like shit doesn't light up. It's just, it's bad. And I guess either last year or the year before that, the elevator straight up broke down and it took them like months to fix it. And I was like, so when someone told me that, I was like, shit, I would have just not gone to class. I've been like, can't get to the second floor. Like, I'm good. I mean, unless you really want to like carry me down the stairs, have someone carry me up and down the stairs all the time to the second and third floor. Like, sure, but you better be hiring like Chris Evans to do that. Yeah. <laughs> like, you better be hiring someone good to do that shit. <laughs> like, just saying. Um, I'm not going to just let anyone carry me up and down the stairs that yeah, much. Yeah, and that's, that is an invasion of my personal space. And <laughs> yeah. It's like, you'd like someone that can actually not drop you yeah and like again if i gotta be carried up and down the stairs i might as well just like get a husband out of it you know right, like exactly. learn that exactly like you know also like 
he'd probably do it. Sounds like something Captain America would do. Totally. <laughs> yeah, 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 um, maybe he'd go to law school too. I don't know. I feel like he'd be good at that. Maybe um, he would just be at the law school to just help you. <laughs> I mean, he could study law too. He could be in all my classes. I would not mind that. Um, have a little bit of eye candy in law class. Ooh, might make comma more interesting. <laughs> but look, imagine having like being a wheelchair user and like right, right. having to have someone carry you and your wheelchair like that's a lot of not good things going on there i mean yeah i mean just from being in the band and playing a lot of more diy spaces i've had to do that where someone is helping me up the stairs and then carrying the wheelchair but you know fortunately for me me and robert have been in the band for a million years so we got we have a you know, we have kind of a plan, you know, we don't even have to yeah. discuss it. We already know. Okay. Priya wants to get on the stairs and push herself up. I'm going to go carry. Or then Robert would be like, all right, I'm doing this. You do this. Or I'll and like, be, you, you know, all know each okay. other too. And yeah, like yeah. trust each other. This would yeah, be, yeah. I feel like at the law school, like it would be a strange dude. Yeah. yeah. You it's up like, and down the stairs. And like, yeah, these just, are all like oh. friends, you know? So it's like, we're joking around making jokes. Yeah. But yeah. When it's like a stranger and you're trying to make a good impression. <laughs> it's like, yeah, like imagine oh. like the year, a year later, you know, they get the elevator fixed and then you like meet this dude again. And you're like, Oh yeah. Do you remember me? I carried you up the stairs for like a whole year. But like, <laughs> God forbid. Yeah, they yeah. like get a job at a, law firm you guys you know running into each other in the professional legal sphere years later and he's like do you remember me i was the one who carried this woman up the stairs because the elevator was broken i know like, it would be like how embarrassing you're in your like, professional oh, I had life to carry vicky up the stairs for an entire year <laughs> like yeah. later the future lawyer you at a dinner Somewhere. like at a big like business dinner like a networking <laughs> yeah. event like it just like no yeah <laughs> yeah scared, no like, i totally the secondhand embarrass the embarrassment that that would be for any disabled person like fuck no or just any person in general like any human being like you know it's like when you're in a professional career it's about you know networking and stuff is about making impressions of yourself and, and people that aren't disabled like in a social conversation where someone's saying that they do get preconceived notions in their mind from that. So it's just something, you know, that's why the ADA is like, you do not have to disclose your disability if you don't want to, because, yeah. you know, I mean, I don't know if they realize socially people just get ideas and things. And so like, yeah. So if you don't feel comfortable disclosing it, you shouldn't have to. And that person might accidentally disclose it for you without even realizing they're yeah. kind of breaking the law by doing that so and especially you know. like you already have enough barriers to like employment and to acceptance in the legal field you really don't need chad the 3l who carried you up the stairs your 1l year to like openly talk be talking about that like mortifying experience like it's a funny like oh you were drunk and you did this dumb thing drunk like that's how i knew them but like it's just it would just no that's just, and like 
they didn't have a good solution to a broken elevator either. Like, yeah, which is all. like fixing the elevator. And it sounds like that elevator needs to be perhaps remodeled. Yeah. You know, so it's like and it's not safe for people to be going up in old elevators like they break. And, you know, so it's just like I'm always petrified. I'm going to get stuck in it. The buttons don't light up. You can't really feel if it's yeah, moving it's or weird. not. Like, I don't want to have to. Call, and the car I mean, building doesn't have phone service in a lot of places. Uh-huh. So I don't want to get stuck in this elevator and like. I mean, I remember before I became disabled, before I had my spinal cord injury, like I, my friends, like we would go to a building and we'd go up in an elevator and I had friends that were like petrified to go in elevators and psychologically. So they would be like, I'm going to go up the stairs. I can't. And I always think about that. I'm like, God, I wonder what would happen to those friends of mine if they had a spinal cord injury and they had no choice but to use an elevator. So, you know, I always think about that. But yeah, it's like elevators are kind of scary when you think about what I mean, you know, they all are planes, elevators, cars. Like if you actually think about what they are actually doing, it's all kind of scary in the end. So, yeah, so. So that was off topic, but I just have to talk about it. I don't know. It happens. <laughs> it happens. I'm always off topic. I'm always going off topic. I'm always like, because I think a bunch of, I think about a bunch of things. Oh, so let me see. Because I would listen to the other interview, but I think you actually already kind of answered all the things. I was like, I'm going to write these down, but I have a feeling Vicky will actually talk about all these things <laughs> because, you know, you pretty much do do that all the time. Um, when you explain to a professor, like, accommodation and they're like okay and they don't have like issues like your other professor did where she you know there she's being approached by disability coordinators and admins of the college now because of the way she's behaving about it um I don't know like yeah like it's back to the grateful thing like and when someone gets it you feel grateful instead of feeling like okay cool they got it um now I can just go take the class like everybody else. And, you know, so you feel so grateful when somebody realizes that disability doesn't mean you're incapable of doing things. And that other woman is essentially making you feel like you're incapable, which is what you should tell her when you talk to her. (laughs) Oh, I'm, I'm literally, I'm waiting for her to do something stupid. I'm just, I'm waiting. I, not that I want to be traumatized my first semester right, right. of law school, but like, I really want her to, because I really want to have that conversation with her and the dean and like actually make it go somewhere. Like I want, I want her to be horrible for like 30 seconds as like, as long as I need to get firm proof of it. And then I'm just going to like take my little transcript and I'm going to walk myself into the Dean's office and I'm going to go, we're going to have a chat. Hi, my name is Vicky. You don't know me yet. You will. Unfortunately, I wish this was me on meeting under like better circumstances, but um, we're going to have a chat about this one professor and how she doesn't support the messages that this university is trying to send. And you're going to tell me what you're going to do about it. Yeah. And they'll be like, gosh, Vicky, we're so glad you came to this law school. You're They're going to be like, for it. 
they're literally going to go get out of my office. Um, I think this is illegal. Um, get out. You're kicked out of this law. So like, they're just going to throw me out. I have one professor next semester who I'm not even kidding. I am already having nightmares about because he doesn't allow technology in class. And I'm like, huh, interesting, because one of my accommodations is I'm allowed to have my laptop whenever the hell I want and mm-hmm. wherever the hell I want. And I can have my phone wherever and whenever the hell I want. Right, so right. I'm like waiting for him to like not care and just be like, you can't have your laptop in class or you can have it just to look at the captions. But you have to like hand write all your notes. I'm going to be like. Well, my hope is that because my father, I will tell you, since my father was a professor, he got really annoyed at students that were using their cell phone, you know, because that does happen. Those are non-disabled people that are doing that. They're like sitting there on their phone, not listening to class and scrolling, going on Facebook or whatever. And um, so hopefully his anti-technology is about that and not so much about. That's what I think it is. But I have a feeling he's going to be like, well, if I make an exception for you, I'm going to have to make an exception for everybody else. I'm going to be like, actually, you don't. It's the law that you have to grant this yeah, accommodation. It's not your decision. So yeah, it's me. not his decision. It is the law. You're legally allowed to have that in there, whereas mm-hmm. the other students, since they're not disabled, legally don't have that right. So And like they don't yeah. have accommodations for it, even if they are disabled, if they don't file that accommodation, right, letter, right, right. they do not have a legal right to have it and right, right. i have a feeling like because when i i asked some of the students who were like telling me about him i was like is he chill with like accommodations and they're like ah. he's also anti-lgbtq too i found out oh, and i was like wow so you really suck and we're not gonna get along so that's cool and i'm like even though is I'm, he racist like, and sexist too does he have like a quadruple threat of bigotry i don't know i wouldn't be surprised honestly right, right, because right. like i i think he's white so like i right, wouldn't right. be surprised if like racism was involved too especially since right. you you got the like homophobia and you got the like probably is pretty ableist uh, you've already got like two down you might as well just go for the third strike either like just be racist sexist homophobic be like super pro rape that would go <laughs> great like so great just like you got to get something for the third strike and as much as i know like it's going to suck if he does something I really kind of want him to, so I can get him fired for it. Yeah, well, that's, hopefully that's he doesn't like have the... tenure. Tenure. <laughs> hopefully he doesn't have tenure, Vicky, because that might be a difficult thing. But we'll see. Nah, that sounds like a really easy phone call because tenure does not protect against discrimination. I researched oh, that. Go. Um, oh, good, good, good. I figured you did. I was like, I researched that in undergrad Vicky? when uh, we tried to get a professor fired because uh-huh. he was convicted of raping a minor. Oh God. And okay. the school well, would not. That's horrible. Um, yeah. The school would not do anything about it. Cause they're like, well, 
it's his personal life and it hasn't made it into but the it's news. illegal yeah and if i was he, like it's like if he murdered someone would you be like <laughs> well, he, he didn't murder someone from the school <laughs> he didn't murder anybody related to the school so and they're like plus like he has ten, like he's a tenured professor and i was like hold on hold on so you're saying that if this were to become public knowledge that this crime happened that would be a problem for the university and they're like i mean yeah we'd have to act in that circumstance like if this mm-hmm. becomes public knowledge because like i don't know how you students found out about it and i was like well one of our professors works in a court and he told us about it so maybe you should have a word with him um right, and right. then mysteriously like two days later it came out in the news that the professor had raped a minor and he was fired like 24 hours later. And so back to the disability <laughs> issue. Yeah, so like if, I'm not above making a public scene is what I'm right, trying right. to say. Yeah, and like, no, and it's, it's kind of unfortunate because when you are disabled, you literally do have to make a public scene yeah. in order to get action. And, you know, like you describe yourself as not having control and just saying whatever you want want but if you're not like that then you don't get what you want as a disabled person and you know any other minority and marginalization too but i think you would especially have to make, i think it's especially with disability though yeah, because like with like, disability you do you have to make a lot more of a fuss than the other and you have to other like, marginalized groups yeah even if you make a fuss like you first have to get people to like care about disabled people that's like step one is you can make you know all the noise that you want but there's not enough like discussion of disability issues for people to even like care about them Mm -hmm. so you have to like convince people to care first and then you have to like make the right fuss and just like hope for the best which is unfortunate (laughs) but we just got a new dean who has like in her bio stuff about disability rights and i'm like huh interesting so if this one professor who i'm already having my nightmares about and like I'm hoping, you know, they like connect the dots between faces when they see the accommodation letter. I don't know if it has my headshot on it, but like I'm hoping they it has like your name. Yeah, but like your name should be the name. Yeah, but like when I show up in class and I pull out my laptop and I'm just oh, yeah, sitting yeah, yeah. there, I don't know if they're gonna, you know, connect the well, dots. I'm just saying like, the disability coordinator officer will be like, Oh, Vicky Young's got another problem. Let's <laughs> go solve it. He's just gonna be like, Can this girls stop filing complaints and just go to law school like a normal student you know i feel like the disability coordinators and and the transcribers and stuff they're they're empathetic to your situation so they're not gonna be like oh god it's vicky again they're gonna be like damn vicky's not getting this again what's wrong with these people when when i first had my intake meeting with the disability rights coordinator i said you're gonna hear a lot from me over the semester just forewarning you i'm going to be in your inbox a lot and i might just walk into your office one day and just have words and he goes okay i was like i'm just forewarning you now you will get I see one thing that is problematic. I will be emailing you 
and probably 16 other people that I think might help because they're in the administration. Um, and he goes, all right, cool. I was like, is that you saying you don't care if I email you 24 seven? And he goes, I don't think you're going to have that much to email me over. And I was like, hey, just wait. It's like, well, you're about to learn how inaccessible this college really is, sir. Yeah. And like, we don't. So like one other thing that I've noticed, and this is like for all law schools, not just UC law. Um, we have centers like the women's law center, like a center for like racial minorities to go a center for like LGBTQ people mm-hmm. to go. But like we don't have one for disability for just like disabled students to just go and like have community. And it's not even like we're working on getting like a disability group on campus. Mm-hmm. But like we don't have like programming right disability we don't have like a belonging it's yeah and that's the that's the one thing i think you know i think a lot you know i think about disability rights all the time i drive my partner crazy because i'm like hey listen he's like all right priya all right i mean he's sympathetic he likes what i do but you know when you live with someone they have to hear it all the time but um but like this, one of the things I kind of think about is like a lot of the rights that we have gotten were when, you know, like in the 60s, when Ed Roberts was first able to go to college, he kind of started this movement of severely disabled people being able to go to college. And then all of a sudden, college is where these disabled people meet. And so, you know, so it's really important for college campuses to have like a program for the disabled stable students to meet and maybe talk about the problems they're having because it will help the university become more accessible when they have a group of disabled people addressing it and saying, hey, look. So, yeah, I think it's so I, you know, I'm glad you brought that up. I didn't even think about that, but it, it's it's important, like if they're going to have a group for the LGBT kids or whatever, not kids, people going to yeah. law school and uh, racial, you know, like whatever, per, per, you know, I like Indians have like, you know, I'm Indian and Indians always like form their they don't even ask to form their groups. They just go and do it. They're like, oh, you're Indian. You're Indian. OK, come here. We're all meeting over here. So that's the one thing. I love about Indians. They're all like, you don't have a program for us. We're just making our own program. We're just going to hang out over here and then complain to you if something's going on. But I don't know. Indians, it's more just about celebrating the cult, you know, their Hindu and their foods and stuff like that. Not so much about rights because, you know, they always. But I think even like you don't necessarily like have to talk about, you know, disability rights when you're among your other disabled friends like you can still just like hang out have and social talk. conversations yeah, social conversations also with and like if you want to complain about you know how shitty your school is because i know like they have um like university supported programs mm-hmm. through these like centers that's like navigating the legal field as a queer person navigating the legal field as a black person and being like the most underrepresented population in the legal field. And I was like, well, that's bullshit. Um, Cause that's not statistically true. BT dubs uh, disabled lawyers are under half a percent. Um, and 
that's the lowest of all the lows. There are more transgender lawyers than there are disabled lawyers. Not by much, but there are still more trans lawyers right, exactly. than disabled trans, lawyers. And then indigenous people yep. as well. And all of those are still above disabled. Yeah, yeah. It's almost yeah. like I read the statistics to make a complaint about this. Um, but like we we don't get that for disability at all. Yeah, There's no. no like, oh hey, come learn more about what it's like to be disabled if you have and I get like you can't force students to like disclose their disabilities, but you don't have to. You could literally put on a program that's like let's talk about mental health. Let's talk about anxiety and depression and PTSD. Let's talk about how these barriers affect. Invite Hobbin, what is her last name? Gurma? Gurma, yeah. Yeah, her. Invite her to speak. She's like the disabled lawyer in the country. And she's a really nice person. And so I think if you asked her to do that, she would come and do it because yeah, she would probably have, I mean, we'd probably she, have to pay her, but like we have money to pay her. I don't yeah, know why the hell we're not doing want, that. She would want to do that because she wants other disabled people to be lawyers. So, yeah. so yeah, I, I do think there's, there's this important idea of create like colleges are really where disabled people are going to gather. And because, you know, we don't have disabled neighborhoods and stuff like that so you know that's like the area where disabled people are really going to gather create social bonds and then those social bonds lead to pushing your rights forward and that's just how life works social you know we all go by the models the social model and the disability model are very connected and just like it is with every other movement of you know you get a bunch of women together bitching about can you believe this is going on let's go fight so yeah and that's what would happen with disabled people as well because we are human I'm like, God forbid forbid the disabled people rise up and complain and demand rights. So, yeah, I I mean, I don't know. Do we have anything else to talk about? I don't know. I don't know. I'm kind of like, I can't think of anything, which I will probably think of something after I'm like, oh, I should have asked Vicky. But what I want to do is maybe get together with you and do a part three and see after the semester's over to see yeah. what happens. We'll have, we'll have finals. Yeah, we'll yeah, have finals. You'll have finals. Be we'll talk about finals if you got any accommodations for your finals. And then also see if like any of the professors kind of started getting with the program, like how much progress was made over the semester for you. Yeah. And so I think that would be an excellent part three. We could just go for part 50 million <laughs> I would say just million three accommodations a <laughs> just like chronicling law school and we'll just chronicle your entire oh, law school experience I mean we can and then we you have the that. bar exam I know that's I was literally thinking today I was like I wonder what accommodation she'll have to get for the bar exam I was like but but I was just thinking about that now I was like but that's a far way away I would say the bar exam oh my god they did we'll talk about that when that actually starts happening for accommodations yeah we'll have our part 
20 part 20 conversation about now Vicky has to take the bar exam I'm calling the series accommodations with Vicky and I'm just literally gonna like chronicle your 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 like journey with disability and accommodations through law school because I think it's very important oh yeah to talk about invent about but I think it's important for other disabled people to understand what's going on and maybe hopefully non-disabled educators will listen to this stuff like this too and be like yeah we need to really figure that out or it's one of those things where like a disabled person who like wants to go to law school but like doesn't know any disabled lawyers they see one because that's literally what happened with me like i the only disabled lawyer i knew was matthew murdoch who's not even real and he's not technically truly blind either he can definitely see he's just kind of faking it a little bit um but like that's the only disabled lawyer i knew a fictional character Right, he's also right. a vigilante at night. Um, yeah. <laughs> like, and I, yeah, like it's the worst representation ever, but like I'm obsessed with him. Um, yeah. But I didn't, you know, have any representation until I saw on Instagram, like Ashley Jacobson was being interviewed and she was a lawyer. And I was like, oh my God, I need to talk to you. Um, and then, and then you I know, through school. her, you met other disabled lawyers. So you kind of yep. created this network, online network for yourself. And that's great because it like, you know, it's just like, I, I was listening, you know, I, I, you know, I have trouble reading. So I listen to books on tape or whatever, audiobooks. They're not on tape. They're on <laughs> digital, whatever. Yeah. But, um, you know, and so I was listening to the Obama book and he had mentioned like when he was running, cause he had just won, the Senate position and it was the first time a black person had ever won that and everybody was so excited. Then he decided to run for president and he he was like saying, yeah, I noticed when I was going around you know, campaigning, a lot of the older black people that had lived that had maybe even friend, you know, family that went through slavery that are still alive and never imagined a black person could ever be president, like kind of saying, maybe you've gotten enough. Maybe you shouldn't try this. And he was just like, you know, and I understood that because when you are kept from getting something for so long, the belief that you can actually get it, is zero nil zero so it's the same as you as a person that wants to be a lawyer but didn't really know any other disabled people that were being lawyers so you're just like well i can't do that then all of a sudden that door has been opened for you and it's great because you applied for law school got in and you're doing it and you're fighting and you and you got your disabled friends like me and ashley and other people that are like don't get them vicky don't let them do this to you and it gives you power and confidence and energy to like fight for yourself so and then i have friends who remind me that arson is still illegal and then I should not commit arson. And I'm like, I'm not going to burn it, burn it. Just metaphorically burn it all down. Yeah, it's just like There's I'm burning it down in my head. Yeah, like I know I can't just like set fire to the building to solve the ADA violation. I, I get would that. Do it. I would do it if I had a chance. But if I it was think- the purge and I could do it because it was perfectly legal. <laughs> this is only in the situation where this is inside of a purge. Then yeah, by all means. I would totally do it. But like, since we're not 
in the purge and there is no such thing as a purge then yeah obviously i'm not going to commit arson like yes but yeah but i can dream legal career for that but i can, can dream, dream about it yeah that's what i was, I was I can, but you can dream about it so that's, yeah. that's what i was oh we're supposed to get a new law school building soon so oh, we'll be awesome. moving out of this old crappy one and since it's going to be built in 2021 to 2022 like it should be finished in 2022 Mm -hmm. it's supposed to be a hundred percent ada compliant right because it's it's built after a certain date supposed to be 100 percent ada compliant i'm gonna go on a nice little tour on instagram i think and just document everything that's not compliant I feel like it should be for the most part, like the elevators are going to be big. It's going to have ramps and that kind of stuff, but I'm sure you'll find something going on. Will it have ramps? Probably not. Like I am, I know there's a Starbucks inside and it has steps only to the Starbucks. Like the Starbucks is on a little like Uh Island and it's just Uh steps only. I do know that about the building. So I already know there's one ADA violation because Yes, not equal access to Starbucks. <laughs> it's technically well, Starbucks. I do Starbucks think Starbucks is mad about accessibility. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Starbucks actually thinks about accessibility because you know, of course, they want everybody to be able to buy coffee and disabled people buy coffee. So Starbucks might be the saving grace in that in that situation. I mean, is that, it there already, or is it going? No, to no, be? no. It's so the universe. It's a university building that oh that's what already building. exists that already no no, no. we're oh. building it from the ground up oh, so, oh and like, there is going to be a starbucks yeah there will be a starbucks inside of it but yeah, i feel I, like that starbucks is going to think about accessibility and i don't think them. they will because i don't think they get a choice like if starbucks is oh, like because they're their probably own. renting they're probably yeah. renting from the university yeah hmm. that's so we'll that's see. what i'm thinking yeah we'll have to see yeah Mm -hmm. because one of the other disabled students on campus told me that and i was like interesting she goes yeah i've already raised them concerns about it and they're with like well like we don't we don't need to make that accessible um i've been told that since we don't really have any disabled we don't have any disabled students on campus who like need these ada laws that they like just like don't apply i'm like okay so the that's problem not me with ADA. that this is my this is my problem with that just because you currently do not have any disabled students that does not mean you will not have it and then what are you going to do if you build a building that is inaccessible and then all of a sudden you do have a wheelchair user or whatever the disability mm-hmm. is that need those accommodations and you have not built it into the building my response to that when they told me that was i was like well if i painted a sign on the door, like we have a giant brick wall like by the door i was like if i print if i spray painted the n-word and then i put our welcome underneath it to indicate that like black people are welcome here i was like that's a great way to get no black applicants to this school and they're like well yeah you can't use racial slurs i was like yeah you can't break the ada either so i was like but like creating an environment that's not welcoming to a marginalized population is a great way for them to just never apply. 
it's it's the same concept. You got I'm like, you gotta think segregation and just yeah, move yeah. into 2021, dude. Yeah, just yeah. think that same mindset. How do we keep people out? Oh, we just make this place unwelcoming to them. And I'm like, if you break the ADA, of course you're not gonna get any disabled people here because they can't fucking get in the building. So right. yeah, no shit, they're not going to apply here. They know they can't get in. Right, and you're just right. going to have this like self-fulfilling prophecy. And they're like, well, you just, I was like, no, there's, there's no, you don't have a retort to that. That's actually going to make sense and not be illegal. Like, right, 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 right. Saying, you can put up a donation. Your donors are stupid rich. Like your law school is super. It's like the, I think the third most affordable law school in the country Mm -hmm. and people go on to have pretty decent jobs out of this. So it's not like we're this student body is necessarily going to be like drowning in student loan debt from law school. They can help make the building accessible through donations. Like you just, you just have to like put it up. And if you start calling alumna either from like, this university, if you call firms in the area and like ask for donations to like, you know, do something with accessibility, people are going to donate because they're going to want their name on something. Like if you give us a hundred thousand dollars, yeah, we'll engrave your name into the elevator. Screw that. Yeah, we'll be yeah. like this, this person made this elevator accessible. Yeah. Like you see that all the time in football stadiums, like people yeah, yeah. get so Definitely. much money and they get their name on a bench. Do that with an elevator or even hospitals. Like I've been into like research hospitals and they have a wall of all, you know, little plaques of all the people that donated their names. So, so yeah, that happens in lots of different environments. So yeah, yeah. Um, I think it would be great. I mean, you've got, you got to go to law school, so you don't have time to create a group, but I just think it would be great if you could get people to, before the building even starts being like, Hey, that's what we're trying to do now. There's already a group on campus that like kind of exists. We just have to go through like the formal process to like Mm -hmm. create the group. Um, But there is a group that exists, like I said, it's building, but I'm really hoping we get that up and running soon because I am our 1L rep for it. And I'm just going to be like, hi, I'll gladly piss off the administration about accessibility and demand to see the bills, the like blueprints or whatever. I don't care. I'll piss them off. Yeah, no, I, I know. That's the thing about you, Vicky. You don't care what people think. So you're the person perfect. Yeah. Whoa, what are the they going to voice for these people? What are they going to do? Kick me out? That's illegal. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, so yeah, I I think you should go and try to actively meet the disabled students and form a group and be like, we need to like make this building accessible. Let's do it. And you know, I I'll gotta email. I'll share gonna... your posts and. Stuff about that i'll be like i have to email the dean too and just be like hi i want to chat but like i have 101 ulterior motives to this discussion though too but we can have the chat and then i'll slowly reveal my ulterior motives to this chat and it's i want equal access and you're gonna give it to me yeah and you should demand i mean you should demand that you have the right to demand that why not so you know so so yeah i'm gonna wrap up this thing because of course vicky and i could talk for like 20 hours or something but um that'd be a bitch to edit 
yeah and and then it is always a bitch to edit our conversations because we're just like oh my god we're like talking over each other I'm like oh god okay who do i cut out me or vicky who's saying the most important thing here uh so um yeah so we're we'll definitely have vicky back for part three and it's probably going to be a lots of parts because there's a lot of stuff going on there and it's important for people to know how our rights are violated. So thank you so much for doing this, Vicki. Absolutely. And we're going to sign off now and say bye. Are you going to say bye, Vicki? Bye. Vicki's waving bye. I'm going to awkwardly right. wave. She's awkwardly <laughs> waving goodbye. Um, so thanks for listening, everyone. And tune in next time with accommodations with Vicky. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of This Crip Life. If you like what you hear, please consider donating at DIYable.com. And remember, disabled people are people.